another episode of Recap. I'm your host, Wayne Orkerson, and thank you for joining me. First off, I need to give a shout out to my man, Eric Gresham, for giving me this music. I love it. I think it's awesome, and I can't thank you enough. If you want to check out more of his work, go to his SoundCloud page at Edge3. That's E-D-G-3. Again, that's E-D-G-3. Or hit up his website at EpicWins.com. All right, so we're going to go over some more WNBA action from week five, going over some key games and my power rankings. Uh, but let's just kick it off with my local team, the Seattle Storm. And, oh, my goodness. Um, this Storm team just kills me. I mean, I, I see them play games, and it's the same song and dance. You get production from the big three of Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart. Alicia Clark does a great job. She is actually stepping up. Same could be said for Lane Horde, but they cannot get any sort of production off that bench at all. Rama Takashki still looks lost on defense. She refuses to grab rebounds on either side of the court, just standing out in the corner. And she is prone to a ton of turnovers. I cannot count how many times that a ball would just go right past her because she is not looking for it. She just does not have that offensive mentality at all. And then there's Gatlin and uh, Mosqueda Lewis. And honestly, why are they on this team? I am legitimately asking. In fact, that Minnesota Lynx game, that's the game I actually went to. She was subbed in and she picked up two personals within two minutes. And she was benched after that. Never saw the floor again. Even further than that, they didn't play at all for three games. So there's definitely something going on there that maybe they're going to get traded. At this point, I just sound like a broken record with this team. Just going over all their flaws again. They have no perimeter defense. No interior defense. Uh, They have no post game offensively. Second highest team in turnovers. And they just... They just refuse to make adjustments. I don't know why. They do not run sets that play to the strength of their players. Takashi is actually decent if you put her in a post. That's what she does. She is not a finesse player. I don't know why they try to run small with her. It just does not make any sense. Jin Ohei is actually a pretty decent spot-up shooter. But yet they don't run sets where she can get looks and get shots. If you were to tell me that... Jenny Busick was brought in to pull a Sam Hinkie and systematically tank the Seattle Storm so they could fall their way into a top three pick again. You could almost convince me of that. Now, look, I don't mean any disrespect to Jenny Busick. She knows more about basketball than I ever will in my entire life. I have no question about that. But there clearly is something broken in this team, and yet they keep running to the same will, but they, they seem to want to die on this hill for some reason, and they're not going to make the playoffs because of it. I am 100% certain of that. Let's just move on. We're going to talk about the Phoenix Mercury right now. And, yeah, speaking of another team in misery, the Phoenix Mercury versus the LA Sparks. Now, this was my game of the week, actually, for a few reasons. These teams are polar opposites of each other. And what I mean by that is, on one hand, Phoenix Mercury, this team of season vets, championship caliber, have played with each other for three to five years with the same coach, and they cannot pull a win to save their lives. Their starter five is actually putting up some decent numbers, and it, it still is not enough 
to pull them over the edge to pull a win. And you look on the other side of the court, the LA Sparks, this fun, dynamic team of young misfits who are just going out there, having fun, kicking ass and taking names, and they're having a great time doing it, all with the smile on their face, and I love every second of it. And one of the things I noticed about the Sparks is that they're always talking to each other. And I'm not talking about post-play, after the whistle, huddle up, and you talk about what happened, what you're going to do next, the other. No, they, there's always some form of communication on the court when they're playing. Even when they make mistakes, they're talking to each other. There's some sort of communication going on. But if you look at the Mercury, that doesn't happen. Three people are huddled up, visibly angry at each other. Brittany Grinder's walking off by herself. Tarasi's yelling at a referee over a call that she thinks she deserves. It's just, they don't seem to like each other. And this would be the year you think they would do it. They got Tarasi back, who came back from overseas. Penny Taylor is back, who's, again, she's actually been putting up great numbers. And they just still can't seem to get it together. And a lot of frowns, and they just do not seem like they're having fun. Now, it's not all doom and gloom for the Mercury. I do think they are a good team. And hopefully at some point they will pull it together. But something on their team has got to change. And they need to do it fast. Because they have great players. In fact, um, Dewana Bonner, she put up 38 points against the Sparks. She was clearly balling out of her mind. But she is prone to not taking advantage of all of her assets. So case in point, when they played the Wings, she was matched up on Scott and Dickens sometimes. Now, Dickens is only 5'8", Bonner's 6'5", 6'6". And instead of just posting her up, taking her to the hole, or going for the bank shot, using her height to her advantage, she just passes the ball off and commits a turnover. It's just silly things like that that the Mercury are doing, and it's costing them wins. I mean, I actually looked at their free throw percentages. Brittany Griner's off... Um, even Bonner's off. They just are missing free throws. And if you look at the number of free throws they miss, that actually cost them games. If they make those shots, they win the game. But yet, it's, it's just little small things like that they have not been able to tweak yet. And I just really want this team to be good because they won championships together. And I just don't understand how you go from winning two titles together to not being able to work with each other. That's just sad. But anyway, jumping back to the Sparks. Oh my gosh, this team is so fun to watch. Now, I know I talked about the New York Liberty being this team of passion and grit. And when they get going and catch fire, you need to watch out. Uh-uh, no, that's not the case. The LA Sparks are what the New York Liberty want to be. That is how good they are. Yes, it is still the Candace Parker FU Revenge Tour. But the supporting cast around her is so great. The ball movement, how it's spread around, and everyone knows their roles. It goes back to my early assessment about them being lightning in the bottle. Brian Angler has, Agler has found a way to bring this collection of misfits together who've never played together. Essence Carson has come from the New York Liberty. Candace Parker is the star franchise player, of course. Um, you have Christy Tolliver. Neka Ogumike, for example, balling out of her mind. She's averaging a double-double a game. Not double points, double-double. Uh, in fact, that whole start of five are in double points as, as well as some of the people off of the bench. Oh, and speaking of Christy Tolliver, shooting at 47% from three and inside the paint, 
that's nuts. That, that's just unheard of. And she has one of the best catch and release shots I've ever seen before. She doesn't even get squared up on the shot. She'll just get the ball off the pass and just drains it. Essence Carson, she is a defensive monster. Her and Beard have this good tandem, especially down in the post. Uh, this, this team is just great. I, I love watching them. Which also brings me to my next game of the week. The Minnesota Lynx versus the LA Sparks. Two undefeated teams beating head-to-head. -head, and it was a pretty damn pedestrian game. I'm not going to lie. It was not pretty basketball, to be honest. Not the A game from either of those teams. But it was still good. Both teams came out and they played their game. Minnesota played their style of game, which is very methodical, precise. Uh, Wayland's running point. People are running to their spots and getting their sets. Shout out to uh, McCarvel as well. I love when she gets rolled into the mix because she is such a good role player. She knows how to get the ball to everyone on that team. Knows when to take her shots. She is just the perfect middleman for the team. And I love whenever they sub her in because she is so effective. Uh, but anyway, back to this game. The Sparks came out and played their style of game, which is very fast, dynamic, moved the ball around. It just, it just didn't mix. So it almost felt like a scrimmage. Uh, sometimes the ball would get tipped off you know, someone's hands and a lot of rolling around for the ball. It just wasn't pretty basketball. But it was still intense because there were some great plays that came out. But they kept it honest with each other the entire game. No one in that game had a lead that was greater than two or four points at any given time. So it was kept tight well into the last seconds of the game. So Candace Parker gets to the line. There's two seconds left. The Sparks are down four. She makes the first free throw. Now they're down three. So the ideal is miss the shot on purpose, kick it out, get the three. And of course... Candace Parker, being who she is, misses a second shot on purpose, gets the rebound back to herself, kicks it out to Christy Tolliver, who just steps back and drains it. But her right toe was on the line, and the ball was just on her fingertips right as the buzzer hit zero. So it, it wouldn't count in either circumstance. But, oh, man, both of these teams are great. I, I really hope this is the finals that we get because it is just going to be great. The only thing I'm worried about is that Minnesota has four people going to the Olympics while the rest of the league is essentially resting because there won't be an all-star period this year. So when that starter four comes back, are they going to be game ready still or will they be too worn down from the Olympics? And God forbid, I hope they don't get sick from the Zika virus or something. That would, oh, that would piss me off so much. These are two great teams and they're just playing great basketball. If I were going to show anyone what the WNBA is about, I would show them a game with either of these two teams because they are that great. Anyway, speaking of fun teams, we got the Dallas Wings. Diggins started slow, very timid, only got a few points here and there. But the last couple of games, she has really stepped it up. Uh, the game versus the Mercury specifically, she dropped 24 points and five assists. So she has really stepped up a game and reclaimed her title as being a beast. Glory Johnson really able to work in a post, is not afraid to get physical. It, she has great court awareness, knows when to kick it out, knows when to take it back up, and is very fast. I did not know that she was that fast and getting the ball and moving in transition and throwing it down court. And at first there was a worry about Glory Johnson and Brittany Griner having some sort of altercation on the court. 
giving their past history together, but nothing really happened. There was one incident where they both got hit with technicals because of, they essentially got tangled up on the rebounding, and that was it. But otherwise, uh, Pearson, Paris, everyone else on this Dallas team, they are working together smooth. Even the rookie area powers, really a dynamic firecracker on that court, goes around, gets the job done. I like what she is doing. This is a team that is definitely someone to look out for, and they're definitely going to make the playoffs. If they keep playing this way, they fix a few things, especially when they have to move the ball in transition. They are definitely going to be, I would say, easily a top five, top six team going forward. Now, there's one thing that jumped out at me was the game versus New York was pretty much a punches battle because they kept the score within one or two points the whole time and they stayed in the game. And I was surprised by this because while Dallas was playing so well, New York is still doing this thing where they have to play themselves into form uh, and they're trailing at the half. That's, that's got to stop. It's not pretty anymore and it's really something they should have learned how to fix by now. Uh, there are some combinations that Lambeer has been playing with. Like he's brought in uh, Brittany Boyd. She's another Sugar Rogers type in terms of how fast she is with the ball she's able to run up and down the court not the best shooter I mean Sugar Rogers is definitely the shooting guard on that team they need to look out for Tina Charles is still amazing but um, Boyd is not the best finisher she needs to work on that uh, there have been two times when she had the ball in transition completely by herself and was not able to make those shots drop um Kia Stokes Love her work in the post. She definitely has a good tandem with Zowie B. In fact, I would like to see more of the dynamic with Zowie B and Kia Stokes in the post and just, they play big. But I know that's not the name of the game. Many other teams that they play like to go small and have good shooters. And they're not necessarily the fastest people to get out and cover shots or contest shots. But um, they, they need to take advantage of that. Speaking of big men, Karen Swords, I think someone needs to put out APB out for because I have not seen a show up in the past three games at all. This is definitely not the same player I saw a few weeks ago. And looking at her play, she seems really, really slow now. I'm not sure what's going on with her, but she is not engaged in any of these games that um, they've been playing. And I don't know if it's injury related or whatnot, but she, um, she's definitely not the same person from the beginning of the season. And finally, we're going to close out with the Atlanta Dream. Now, I've talked about this team before, and I just, I still just have a very difficult time connecting with this team. I watched them play. I like Angel McCautry. Elizabeth Williams is great. The young rookie, Megan Simmons, she's working herself into the rotation and actually becoming a good contributor to the team. And the departure of Sancho Little has really affected this team's interior game. And they've actually lost a few games because of that as well. They don't have that strong defensive presence that she brought to the, to the game. And the only reason I bring up the Atlanta Dream is because early in the week, uh, there was a piece in an Atlanta publication about Angel Bocatri, and she wants to, or she wants the, the WNBA to eliminate back-to-back -back games, which I, I understand. A lot of these women... They have to go overseas to play and pretty much compensate themselves because they don't. They make daily squad playing in the league right now. And the seasons are so long there, but by the time they end, 
and they return to the U.S., the WNBA season kicks off within one or two days. So they practically get zero rest. So I understand it from that perspective. But if I'm being honest, I do not care at all. It's not that I don't care, but I understand what she's saying. But that is part of the deal you sign up for when you become a pro. You're expected to play back-to-back games. You're expected to play when you're not 100%, especially when you are a leader of a team. And on that note, they had a game against the Chicago Sky, played them really hard, but they clinched the game in overtime. The next day, they had a game against the Washington Mystics, and it was honestly one of the worst displays of basketball I've ever seen in my entire life. They let the Washington Mystics run the floor the entire time. There was no spark from anyone on that team at all. Now, I get it. Back-to-backs are hard. Your players are tired. And they really cannot be expected to be 100% every night. But when you don't have one person at all on that team who provides any sort of spark, any sort of energy at all, who's going to be the dominator force, Uh, Someone's going to come off that bench and do it for you. But the way that team no-showed really brings up a red flag and concerns about leadership on the team. Now look, I understand it's a back-to-back. It was a road game. But let's be serious. Washington, D.C. is only, what, an hour and a half from Atlanta? That's practically your own backyard. And it's in the the same time zone. So you can't give me this idea that Oh, we're jack-lagged and we're just tired. No, that is no excuse for not showing up. You're professionals. You have a job to do. And someone needs to be able to step up. And that just did not happen. And, and the sad thing is, the Washington Mystics really weren't that great offensively. They committed a lot of turnovers. And they just didn't capitalize on those opportunities. All right, but anyway, let's just, let's just move on to the power rankings. All right, that's more fun. All right, number one, obviously, the Minnesota Lynx, still dominant, 13-0. Have a nice matchup coming against the number two team, the LA Sparks. Going to be a barn burner. And I'm just going to tell you right now, that's going to be my game of the week for next week. And I'm going to actually try to talk about the game more in depth. Uh, Hopefully, it's going to be a more intense game than this first meeting. But, man, those teams are so fun to watch. So fun to watch. Uh, Number three, the New York Liberty. Yes, I know I talked about this team being sloppy offensively and they have to play themselves into form, but I don't care. They still have a lot of passion and grit on that team, and that's what I love. All right, number four is the Chicago Sky. Yes, I know I said I would talk about the Sky more this week, but with Atlanta not showing up and the Phoenix Mercury breaking down and Seattle being terrible, I, I, I just had to talk about all those things first. But it is coming, so just be patient. Number five, Dallas. Oh, I told you, the return of Skylar Diggins and Glory Johnson is just what this team needed. Just keep an eye out. But I'm going to keep them at five. They could jump up in the ranks. I just need to see it a little bit more first, just a little bit more. Number six, the Atlanta Dream. Now, as I mentioned before, the departure of Sancho Little has really hurt this team and has cost him some games. In fact, I can see them dropping them a rank. It's even further the way that some of these other teams are coming together and starting to outplay them. And again, just the way they didn't show up. Don't do that. Please, please do not ever do that again. Number seven, the Washington Mystics. Emma, Misa, and the crew have been doing it. They're winning games 
And honestly, they're playing better defense than their offense right now. That is scary. Very scary. So keep an eye on them. Number eight, the Indiana Fever. Same as the sky. They're starting to bring it together. It's starting to work, but not so much. They're coming to some tight competition and just losing games by a few points. And honestly, this is an effort of free throws again. If you look at that free throw percentage, they're shooting at about 83, 84%. Not enough. They're losing games by two or three points, which could be accounted for by three throws. They clean up that issue, they'll start winning some more games. But for right now, they're going to stay at that eight spot until they fix it. Then we come to number nine, the Phoenix Mercury. Now, again, we've, we've talked about this team before. I'm not going to belabor the point. Fix it. Just do something. Number 10, Seattle. Same as before. Fix it. And 11-12, Connecticut Sun and San Antonio Stars. Blah. No, you know what? I take that back. I actually do like the San Antonio Stars. Derricka Hamby and Kayla McBride are just carrying that team. In fact, shout out to Hamby. She put up a double-double against the Mercury a while back and a career high for the rookie. Mariah Jefferson, another one of the UConn Big Three, who had the same unfortunate fate of going to a shitty team, but it's making it work somehow. In fact, that triangle of Hamby, McBride, and Jefferson, if they can get something going, that could be a contender in the East pretty, pretty soon. All they need is a big. They need a zealous or Kia Stokes or Grider type because Jane Appel Marinelli, she is not getting it done. She has to go. If they can replace her and get someone who's more competent in the post, you're looking at a strong contender in the Eastern Conference really, really fast. All right, and finally, some closing notes. Brianna Stewart has signed a contract to play overseas for a Shanghai team. Now, I find this interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, given the amount of endorsement deals that she signed on to, I don't think that she needs to play overseas for a financial perspective. Uh, but who knows? And secondly, the way that she's being used in Seattle, I mean, she's still clocking 36, 37 minutes per game. I just worried about her being injured. And yes, I realize that makes me sound like a complete hypocrite given what I said about Angel Bacatri early, but I, I don't care. I think she is WNBA ready. She needs to allow her body to rest and that she doesn't need to go overseas for that practice. Or maybe she does. I don't know. I don't have the reasons for it. And besides, it's just a good cultural experience. That's, that's awesome. So I'm proud for her. I just don't want her to get hurt. And finally, Shafante Zellis of New York Liberty wrote a very emotional piece about the tragedy in Orlando. She has a sister who lives in the area and was actually on her way to that club until she got pulled into work at the last minute. Unfortunately, she was able to avoid the tragedy, but it was still a huge wake-up call to her and her family and loved ones. And as it should be a wake-up call to us all because this, this nonsense has got to stop. And I, I'm not going to get it. You know, into the politics of this all about gun control and whatnot, but just love one another, people. Life is too short for hate. It, it, it really is. So just, just try to love one another and be cool. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. We're going to talk about some more WNBA next week, some week six action. Definitely going to cover the LA Sparks Minnesota Lynx round two matchup and maybe talk about some of the NBA draft as well. So stay tuned for that. 
If you have any questions or comments or anything, hit me up on my Twitter at WayneWilkinson.com or my SoundCloud page where you can email me as well. Until then, be cool. Life is too short for hate and just love one another. Later.